Hello everybody, welcome back. I'm here with Josiah Kotzer. He's an outback oval hunter, right? Let's get started with that because we've, it's the first time I think I've ever had anybody with actual real world mining experience. Let's take cryptocurrency mining out of the picture. He's also the founder of DStore Network. We're gonna talk more about that in terms of selling digital assets, physical digital assets. So let's get into it. Josiah, how you doing today, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing great. Excited to be on the show and um, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's late your time, Josiah's out in Australia, so thank you for staying up late for us. I really appreciate that. So let's get started. Josiah, you have just recently finished filming a series for Discovery called The Outback Opal Hunters. Tell us a little bit about that. So tell us your story. What does it take to become an opal hunter? Oh, well, um, yeah. <laughs> To be to, to look for opal, you have to be like uh, you know pretty crazy. I'll, I'll put I'll give it to that. Um, it's a really elusive gemstone. It's hard to find, um, and when you find it, it doesn't mean that there's color in it. So it's 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 one thing to find like uh, opal, but then it's one another thing to find opal with a play of color, and that's when it has that splashes. Um, and yeah, and yeah, to get on the show, well, that's that's exciting. That's fun, and um, it's. You know, I mean, there's dying industry where there's a lot of um, lot of miners are, are slowly falling away. They're they're getting quite old. Uh, I think there's only one other team that I know of that are around my age, um, so around thirty. Uh, and and you know, because it's it's a really hard industry, and you know, you've got to have nous. You've got to be crazy. You've got to be practical, um, and you've just got to be love what you do. So um, yeah. You, bring all that together and and yeah I sent a video to Discovery Channel saying that I was going to sell my opals in the metaverse and and I thought I was like legitimately crazy I thought like you know anyway we'll see you know and and, and they loved it so um so yeah they were keen stoked and excited for um hopefully you know capturing a new demographic in, the, in their audience um so yeah I've been on this massive crazy journey um yeah, showing what the people around me who are like in a cash-driven society, which I like as well. Um, but you know that there's this other whole new foreign concept out there, you know, called digital assets, and and uh, yeah, sort of you know telling my friends what that's like, let alone also uh, educating the world through through the uh, the film of Discovery, which is great. Very cool. I can't wait for that to come out and we'll talk about how people can find you and the project in a bit. But let's talk a little bit about Opal generally, because again, that that's something that I think probably the most common reference that I think I have for Opal relates back to Jurassic Park and the the mosquito that was trapped in Opal that was then drilled into and that was the uh, genesis for how the whole Jurassic yeah, this is different. This is a different product. <laughs> <laughs> so so let, please demystify yes. this for us. T tell the oh, world okay. like, so, who um, who's using Opal? What what's the interest at this point in time? Well it's a mystical stone really. It's got like lots of spiritual properties, I guess. You know, there's it's a beautiful, it's a very unique stone. So no two opals are the same. Um, I do think they're like nature's original NFT um, because of that same concept, like they're completely unique. Um, you know, they've got a different play of color. 
they're, they're all completely different. That that's it, you know. And and not even um, in Australia where we produce around like ninety percent of the world's opal. We in our regions we also produce different types and styles of opal. So it's not like it's you know gold's like this yellow metal, and then it's like yes, it might have a different DNA, but it's uh it's essentially looks the same. Well, opal's not like that. So you know we get these um amazing products where we are like oh opals um like we've got this the yao nut which is like this nut that you can imagine like um uh yeah just like a big you know round object and it can be hollow and then opals gotten into that cavity and and, and occupied that space so we get this really really rare interesting opals called the yao nut and that's not found anywhere else in the world um and you know they can be blue red every color pink purple clear with uh like um you know flashes of pin fire inside of it um and um you know it's made through um cycles of the earth so what happens is is water goes through the earth picks up silica and deposits that silica in these cavities over like millions of years so you're when you're hunting opal underground you're essentially chasing where water's traveled for millions of years and picked up you know high deposits of silica so um you know you can be like an inch or you know a couple of centimeters away from from finding that big win um and you know you might have the water traveling through there but the stone that has the void wasn't there or didn't have a void and um yeah that's what makes it really rare and interesting and it's a very unique stone Fascinating. So it's a constant, it's a constant battle, a constant kind of challenge. You're one centimeter or one inch away from maybe something incredible or from another day of frustration. How did you, how did you find, I mean, you're a young guy. How did you find yourself working in this particular industry? Um, well, I was, I was there as a kid and my grandfather got into open mining like in 1984. And then like, I guess I, I went back and I, I bought the mine cause I had some money in you know my back wallet type thing ready to go. and so i was like okay this is uh let's just do it you know like i haven't had this sort of adventure because i like crazy adventures and you know and um yeah so i did that then COVID hit and uh i was like in sydney and i was just like i'm getting out of here this is just too much you know bullcrap i'm i'm gone and um yeah so i i went to you know started living this off-grid life and uh, enjoyed it because it was just so foreign to, you know, all these lockdowns and everything. I had like a free life out there. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm on the coast right now, but um, was it summertime? And, um, and you know, I had, this, I had this great experience where I had lots of space and time and I was, I'm just in this massive adventure. And then, um, yeah, Discovery called me up and gave me the green light. And I was like, okay, now it's really on, you know? um and like in the meantime I've, i was building d store so i sort of like it sort of just happened like you know a series of events that 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 led to this but um it's just funny like you know like three four years ago i, I was trying to think of um like concept a good way to sort of sell opal um you know and accept digit you know in my own platform and then just over time it just you know um I don't know. It just got to a point where I've gone like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. Um, and then like discovery comes on, I pitched say it to discovery and then that comes on and just sort of built all this momentum. Um, and I, and I was like, when I say I do things, I do things. And that, that's why I still went open mind to start with. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go open mining. So that's what I did. 
So um, yeah, like it's it's just been this amazing journey, and like you know, um, it's it's so it, right now, like in this Web three world that we're 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 stepping into, or this you know this age of the internet, you, you're not dictated by you know um, different places. You know, I guess some companies want you to be somewhere, but you can actually create a uh, a lifestyle that that uh, you choose. And I think that's what I discovered out there is that I could choose my lifestyle, and I didn't have to be in the city because I could meet you know, with people um, all around the world, um, you know, uh, via satellite and, um, and do what, what intrigued me and what I enjoyed and what I loved. So, um, yeah, just sort of, there was no, there was no reason to not do it because I was just like, actually, this, this is great. Nice, man. That's a powerful message. And I, I think the last two or three years have taught a lot of people that what they thought was impossible or what they couldn't do or make a lifestyle out of has been completely flipped on its head. So the empowerment that the last two or three years has given most people to go and be entrepreneurs or to go and become content creators or to pitch an idea to a global broadcasting company and then go out and fulfill your dream at the same time. It's, I mean, there's not, nothing like telling the Discovery Channel you want to do something to be kind of a forcing mechanism for making your making your business come into fruition. Um, but really? I think that's I think it's incredibly cool. And bef before we get into the metaverse side of it, because I'm, I'm really curious to understand how, <clears throat> while you're going down this long, traditional, um, very physical, very real world industry that is opal mining, at the same time, you're thinking, well, you know what, actually, I also have a real passion for Web3 at the same time. So we'll, we'll dig into where the Web3 part of it came in. But again, as, as, as a kind of service to those people who don't know opal mining well, how do you do it? And a big part of your process also is sustainability. So to talk us through um, a day on the mines or how, how you set up when you get out there. Yeah, so um, yeah, well, uh, so we went um, fully sustainable this year. Um, and no, like I've only got a small scale mine, so don't, like it's not like I've got huge, huge amounts of equipment. But the funny thing is with with Opal is is you don't know when you're going to hit the, the jackpot. So it's about being as efficient as possible. And we have limited resources out there, so you want to be naturally efficient as possible. So um, in that that journey of efficiency, I like um, I, and I've, I'm a creative person. Like I, I I do like I had an engineering company. I built stuff. You know, I've uh, I've always created things so for me it was like oh cool let's 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 do solar you know um and i went through this journey of of uh yeah building this this solar solar power system that um allowed me to to run all my equipment um completely off solar and and uh, my tiny home that's um on the mine and um yeah so what that looks like you know it look it's amazing it's uh it's very satisfying to know that you it costs you like zero for a day, you know, whether or not, I mean, like my bill was only, uh, you know, what I pay Starlink just for my satellite. But other than that, like, you know, the, the satellite was all off is all solar, um, all my mining equipment. So I got this hoist and that, that takes this bucket, um, you know, 30 foot with 10, about 10 meters up to the top and dumps it and throws the, the soil out and then it comes back down with gravity. So, um, yeah, so I, you know, put a DC motor on that, swapped a few things around, allowed it to come run straight off the battery system, the battery bank. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it's like on a, on a, on a, like a level inside the town, everyone's like, ah, what are you doing that for? You know, like, you know, 
it's not how we do it type thing. So some of them were like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, let me know how it goes. But, um, and yeah, and, and, and then, yeah, then actually doing it. Um, but yeah, so a, a day in the mine, it, it looks like literally I just wake up, I, uh, I head down, I turn the hoist on and, um, cause it constantly runs. Um, it's like got this, um, it's a real old looking system. So it's got like all these flywheels and, and, and fan belts that, that drive shafts and, and, and the winch and whatnot. And, um, yeah, it's really, it's a, it's a fun, crazy, dangerous piece of gear <laughs> it, it sounds yeah kind of heath robinson kind of gears and cogs and stuff like that and I, I love i love that you're disrupting the local vibe who's this youngster think he is coming in and using his solar yeah, panels exactly and not paying it. electricity like the rest of us who does he think he is um and yeah. but are you are you physically underground are you down there yeah. helmet on lights on okay i'm i'm, I'm, yeah, I'm jack here, I I'm jack like pickaxe oh. and jackhammer um okay. yeah pick, picks yep and then electric jackhammer so um, the electric jacko is just like a, a, a steel bit that drives backwards and forwards and it's just all manual um, shovels, you know, all this sort of good physical stuff, which, you know, people pay to go to a gym that I just uh, go chase treasure. And, um, <laughs> and, and, um, but that's the fun of it. And like, you know, you, you, you get lost in it because you're literally stepping backwards in time and finding like rocks that hadn't seen the surface for millions of years and you know like i'm getting like fossilized wood i'm getting opal i'm getting you know mud um this thing called gypsum that's like a crystal and um and this and 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 how like uh you know i'm sort of i think i'm chasing a bit of like a riverbed at the moment um and and sort of learning what that looks like but also having to remove that soil with your bare hands is it's it's a very like um private and intimate space and and it's really rewarding being down there, especially when you hit something like I don't know when I when I when I hit color I just like I I don't know why I just zone out just like sit there for like an hour just like <laughs> I, I I don't I, I you know I get excited and stuff but normally I just get like smacked with awe just like holy like did I just am I the first person to like see this like I literally am I I just, I just see myself pull it out you know like. But you're just in awe, and um, and then and then you know, then yeah, that that's hard to sell when you uh, when you when you find something yourself. I'm trying to imagine, or tr I'm trying to relay the excitement. And for those people who are listening on the podcast, you can't see Josiah's face as he's talking through this. But the 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 lighting up effect here, like you know, the way you describe it as chasing color, and then all of a sudden yeah. you find something, and then the amount of the number of days or the amount of physical manual effort for whatever it is that you find just in front of your eyes underground. Um, I, I know I don't have the patience and endurance for those sorts of things. Um, but it, it sounds, it sounds really like you said at the beginning, spiritual in a small way. Um, it, it totally, it's very spiritual. I think the stone's very spiritual too. So I, um, I think there's something there like with like that it's, it's cycles of the earth that, that created this, but that, that could be my, it's subjective. So it could just be my, 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 my view on it. But uh, a lot of people do do like the, you know, there, there is something there in my, in my opinion. And I think the people that like Opal also feel that, yeah. 
very cool. And and before we go, we've we've talked for about fifteen minutes, and we haven't talked talked about blockchain or the metaverse or any of the stuff that I usually put on shows, which I, I think is wonderful. Whoever's listening into this, shout to you guys for for going on this kind of sidebar journey, this kind of yeah, side totally. quest that we've done. I'm I'm fascinated, and I hope everybody else listening in is as well. What happens next then? So you found color, as you describe it. You know, you found something that you believe is going to be um, of interest, of value. You know, that thing you've been chasing. How do we get from you underground, you know, having having your mindfulness moment, to then a finished product that that a customer can buy from you? Yeah, there's a lot of processes. Um, so yeah, the, the the opal gets cut. That's an art in itself. Reading the play and and deciding how to cut it and um and in how it will present best and 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 will fetch the highest price because you can just because you cut it doesn't mean that it's it presents the the best way it can. And um, some people like it in the rough. Some people don't like it cut because they like that rawness, you know, unrefined beauty. Um, and uh, yeah, and then others like it cut, you know. So that's just about just it, you know, it depends on the stone and your interpretation of the stone. But yeah, so it gets cut, and then then a jeweler um, will uh, do some jewelry work on it if it unless it gets sold um, just by itself. But generally, uh, a jeweler will do some some work to it. So there's this whole like um, there's this whole um, series of stages that that you have uh you know specialized craftsmen of, of each each sort so me as the miner who you know would like i guess you know mine the the product and then you'll have the, the stone cutter and they're a craftsman in their own right and they'll they'll craft the, the the stone um and then the jeweler so there's like there's three people in this supply chain and um and uh you know like uh, generally the miners I feel are, are undervalued because um, the jewelers and the bot there's, there's, there's middlemen between all those two, you know, um, that's just the, the, the three main points. Um, and, which and is yeah. probably a foreshadowing for the next part, which is coming on to why, why the metaverse, why go direct. And I, exactly. I like this. Exactly. There's a metaphor for life in what you've had before. There's sort of cut, uncut, raw, refined. What do people want yep. from you? What do people love from you? But then I guess your ability to then take that direct is going to be, um, your way of then cutting out some of that middle middle stuff, right? It it is, but I think I think like what what I seen the most from it was that these craftsmen, you know, all three stages, um, they have a story to tell, and that that product has like from from an opal standpoint, you know, anyway, where you've got like a very um, like an emotional stone, something a sentimental product that you know could really may have a lot of value. But um, to, to you could there's there's opportunities to capture that value at each transitional moment, and I guess you know like you need to have a, a product that's um, uh, valuable or like you know not just a, a general like quite something specific nice um, to be worth capturing all that information. But um, that story is very valuable, and especially as we start going into this world where we're so distant from. The, the, where the product comes from, like, you know, people think milk comes from a shop and it actually comes from a cow, you know, and it sounds silly, but like kids don't realize this and, and that, that, that distinct difference and that separation that we're, we're experiencing, I think that that is going to be valuable in the future where people want to know more about their products. Like, you know, I watch people on Instagram and they, 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 they're crafting things and, and I go, wow, I'd love that product because I've seen how it was crafted, you know. And, and I think, and that's where blockchain comes into that because, you know, not only can 
can we put together a, um, a product that, that not someone knows who I am in that supply chain and, and a video or a story or of that stone before it's cut, that can be captured and then it can be captured. You know, the cutting can be captured, the, the, the jewel, the craftsmanship can be captured. And, and that can be all compiled and, and, and sold with the asset, proving that these three entities, you know, created this piece together um, or, you know, or one depending on, 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 on which type of piece that is. But I think that's the real added value of, of blockchain. And, 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 you know, we could either three people could, you know, we could go get a percentage each, you know, so we're all equally valued or I just, you know, or it could, I just, you know, we can enter into a discussion on how we do that, you know, but essentially the, the end user gets this, this, this asset and, um, and they know that story, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's either if it's me direct, um, direct to the customer, um, or at least the, the customer has direct con communication and contact with the, the people that played a part in that product. Nice. I, there's a really strong story behind provenance of things and the immutability or the digital trust in which blockchain provides, which I think is often oversimplified by people, right? As you know, if this, if this Opal then has a registry on the blockchain, it's authentic and it's more, it's, it's more valuable. I, I don't think it's as linear as that. I think there's, there's more elements to it. And the way you describe it, I think is really interesting because you're saying, you know, firstly, it's the provenance from three different parties. So we've got three different attestations. It also opens up, I think, an opportunity to create content or narrative or story around that. You know, imagine that for one particular piece, actually you're capturing your journey, right? You as a content creator, you as an entrepreneur, you as a miner, you as somebody who's going underground to find this could be tracking part of your journey, not just, you know, the geolocation of it, but actually your emotional state, your physical state, the amount of time that you were mining the you know, all of the stuff that you're bringing out in, in kind of beautiful color no pun intended on on a on a webinar on a webex right now <clears throat> you can actually then embed in the story digitally against that particular piece and then then that's over to the next when you do the cutting or the polishing yeah. or you know I'm, I, I'm not the expert of this part clearly yeah uh, that there's a lot more that you can then do not necessarily to make the stone more valuable, but to capture the human effort or the story behind something that's millions of years old. Exactly. Which, which I find and, fascinating. And totally. And like, we're stepping like, I, you know, as a, as a lover of opals, I'm more so like, a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very much, I'm not a lover of diamonds. And, um, and, and I think that's because I like the uniqueness. And the thing is that, you know, like jewelers right now, they're, they're, they're incentivized to sell synthetic diamonds because of all sorts of reasons. And, and there's, there's, there's amazing product opals and different products out there, you know? Um, and, and, and that's the beauty of it. Like, so if you're, if you're um, finding a product you can, you can prove where it came from, then like, you, and it's a diamond to say there's a, there's a, a, you know, a guy in uh, <clears throat> a small scale miner in, in, you know, where in Africa or something like that, maybe he's running under his own steam or, or, or in America or something, and 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 they can then you know instill that this is this product is is something that they've found, and and that adds value. So I think like you know, although it's so crazy and it's so different, but it always puts me in a place too where I'm dealing with such a difficult asset to to learn firsthand what this looks like and how do I bring this story into Web three. And, and, um, so yeah, I've been on this, this crazy journey where I've, I've built a platform that allows for this to happen. Um, you know, we use a, a, a multi-resource minting standard that's, um, sort of, um, 
out of uh, the Polkadot ecosystem called RMRK. And um, so we're working with this, you know, how do you um, couple different different file types with one product? So, you know, you can have an insurance certificate and that can be coupled with a video and that can be coupled with, you know, like um, uh, STL file for like if you 3D scan it, you know, you can couple all these products with this one asset creating this digital twin. And that digital twin is transferred at the point, like, you know, to the, to the buyer at the point of sale all in one tidy package. So I, I think like on this journey, not only like have, have solved lots of problems, but also like discovered an amazing product and which I think is the future. Um, I, I actually think that um, we'll probably step away from like, cause like, you know, you swap cash for this, but what if, what if, what if a product has a, is what if you're swapping, you're buying the product like in the digital world and that reflects in the physical, then, you know, it's just, it's just, there's so much utility from like, you know, taxing, you know, what transaction that was because you've got a physical look, a, a, a visual on what that, that transaction was to, you know, um, you know, can I use this file type in the metaverse? Can I use it with augmented reality? Can I, you know, do I prove its authenticity? Can I show my friends the the storyline? You know, there, there's just so much that comes with it. And and that's, that's why I think it's the future. And that's why I'm here. And I, I, I push through uh, all this crazy stuff and... <laughs> Love, because love I'm, that. I'm committed to this and i think that it's um it's got legs and it's gonna it's gonna um like uh yeah create a lot of wealth for a lot of people i i love that and i think the way you've described it right you haven't come with the the basic story of well my opal's on a blockchain therefore it's better what you what you're saying is and, and shout to remark who are doing some interesting things in reimagining the way that nfts and the content associated yeah, yeah. with nfts are are, are being enabled for creators or for sellers or for people working in the metaverse or for gamers or you know those those standards or the augmentation of tokens let's call it that because nfts is, can be a misleading term at times uh, enables those things to exist or new things or new experiences or new pieces of content to exist in perpetuity right opal has existed for millions and millions of years and will continue to exist you know assuming you don't drop it on the floor or do anything weird with it you know that that physical piece that you've invested in is something that you love that you might consider you know making something that's part of your children's inheritance or is something that you invest in because you think other people might be interested in that in the course of time i'm assuming people buy opal for a bunch of different reasons but what you're not saying is we're not saying we're time stamping that this opal was mined and existed we're saying actually we're curating a perpetual story around this and that's not to say that over the course of time you couldn't add the story of the owner to that piece, right? It might be that, okay, you know, take it to one extreme end. You have somebody who's, who's famous or notorious, who's, who's wearing a particular piece of Opal that's by, that's by you and at a particular event. Maybe it's the Oscars or maybe it's at a World Cup final. I don't know. But mm -hmm. part of that story can then be appended to okay. that particular yep. piece. And you start to build up a little bit of product history. Yep. If that's in paper documentation, that's that's a challenge if that's in digital documentation okay yes doc, digital can be forged as easily as paper maybe with carbon dating it's it's less so but you're adding digital value to a physical piece and capturing some of the mystique or some of the i think uniqueness around the product story like you know like you said synthetic diamonds or any, you know, any diamonds when they come to us you might hear that they're from uh, I don't know, Botswana, or they're from some particular part of the world that may may sound exotic when you say it, but then that's it, right? Yeah. You, you don't necessarily know 
who's polished it. You don't necessarily know who's mined it. You don't necessarily know the exact supply chain of how it's traveled. And maybe if you did, maybe you'd feel less comfortable or less happy about actually purchasing that particular product because the carbon footprint or the um, eth ethical mining approaches of the organizations you're working for, or you know, maybe it's, it's older or younger than you'd like it to be. Th there's a lot behind that. Um, totally. And so for, for consumers, I think you've got to think ahead also as to what, what would they want or what, what adds value to this story above and beyond just a timestamp and an association to a wallet address. Yep. Yep. And I think like a, a classic example for me is, is like, you know, Eminem and Snoop Dogg, they use their board hate club, board hate yacht clubs um, in, in this MTV show. Right. And, and the funny thing is they, they didn't walk around with 2d, 2d pictures on their faces. You know, they walk around with 3d avatars. And I think that's, that's the, that there is the indicator that people want utility and they want to add value to their product. And, and that makes their product not just financially more valuable, but it also adds product value to them personally. So, so now that they've, you know, that they've essentially done the same thing, you know, they've added value to their, their because that's now, um, you know, attached to this particular film, you know, at a particular time in this new revolution of, of tech. Um, and, and that's, that, that, that's it. That's the utility there is, you know, um, and that's, and that's like what you just said, you know, people want to, you know, they have the ability to add value. And I think that's the vision is to, yeah, for, for, to have a tool or a resource that you can continuously add value to and, and that, that value can be captured. Um, no, and it must be transferable at the point of sale. That's big. It's not like I'm handing over a big folder, you know what I mean? With all these like pictures and i'm like yeah this is when it was you know it's like it's it's like it's it's all um it's all on chain like it's just bang there it is so exactly that's... and that make that adds to the kind of the perpetual nature of it the ability to yeah. create kind of create and curate that record that's a lot about the the buying experience so that, you know clearly there's you can understand or you can empathize with a buyer of something say i'd like to hear more about the story of it i would like to be wowed or brought in or or i just like to not lose the paperwork there's a whole bunch of different customer journeys yeah. i think you can you can play in there let's talk about the selling journey right so so for you how how has the the fidget the digital physical digital and metaverse point of sale changed things for you as as a miner as a, as a retailer as somebody who's looking to sell goods Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of different challenges. I mean, like we've, we've built um, a self managed solution for, for people that want to want to sell products um, themselves and post those products themselves. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's quite similar to just an, an NFT platform. Uh, the difference is that, you know, uh, there's sort of infrastructure in place that you get the buyer's um, information at the point of sale. Uh, we use like decentralized IDs and whatnot. Um, and, uh, that, that's, that's interesting. It's, it's very similar to web two. There's like technical differences that, you know, if you're into web three, you like, but at the end of the day, there's people in web two and they'll be like, okay, well, what really just changed? Um, <clears throat> I think, I think that, um, uh, from a sales perspective, you know, it is quite similar. Um, I, uh, you know, like I could still sell the sell peer to peer if I wanted to. So it's no big deal. I haven't really spent a lot of time in the, in the peer to peer side because, um, naturally I'm in the middle of 
Outback Australia <laughs> with like, you know, hardly anyone around me besides a couple of kangaroos and sheep and a chook. But, um, you know, like, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I think the, I think the, the beauty and I think the vision is that, that because that's a, an independent asset, it can be sold across multiple platforms uh, simultaneously. And I think, and that can be a unique product sold across different products simultaneously. I, I think um, as, as we step forward in this, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what changes like, uh, obviously with with blockchain you got all this tech that you can implement you know you could do like a profit share to any people that you know maybe promote a tweet or like there's all this sort of these add-ons that i think will, will start coming in this next revolution of nfts where we start like going towards utility and we start you know sort of really unpacking what what can be done with a with a with an nft um, yeah, I think the programmability of commerce or the the innovation that you can put on top of just the buy sell transaction or you know the, the data that you can append to it or the content that you can transfer in addition, we, we've started exploring some of those use cases, I think, which is which is already valuable. Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't know traditionally how many buyers of Opal are DGENs or, you know, people who are already well, Web3 <clears throat> native. Sort of here to let, here, I'm here to lead a revolution, you know. So, <laughs> you know, like uh, I'm just waiting for Snoop Dogg to give me a call. Um, I'm expecting it 2023 is the year that he calls me. And if he doesn't and Eminem does too, that's fine. I'm happy with that. But, um, and then, then, then we'll see. But like a lot of celebrities do like opals. I like it's, it's known in, in our trade. So I think that, uh, you know, like it's, it's about the, it, it's also first mover. It's also adoption. It's also uh, interesting. And if you like unique and Opal's unique and it's authentic, authentic, then I think uh, I think it's I think there's 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 a place for that. Um, but it's not just that. It's also like you know, if some crazy Opal miner in the outback of Australia can can digitize a product and sell it in the metaverse, then I think everyone can as well. <laughs> I'd say so. And I mean, you've made a good point around saying look, there is probably a market or a category of buyer for things that are collectible or things that are valuable people who have the disposable income to say i would like to collect something that has an interesting story or yeah, i would like so, to have a piece that, that's like that yeah there was um one of my jewelers um he said he was in um california for quite a bit um doing custom pieces for um you know celebs and whatnot and he said there's two types of buyers that would buy off him and they'd be the ones that want to say this product is worth you know thousands of dollars and they just want to be able to say that it's worth thousands of dollars and then there's old money and old money doesn't care if it's worth thousands of dollars but they what they do care about is that it has a story and there's a reason behind it and that that's that's new money versus old money so i think that you know this type would appeal to both of these people because um you know the the, the old money might want it to be more private um the new money won't want it to be private they'll want to say that they they bought this and it was you know, it was uh, on Discovery Channel or it was, um, you know, or um, it was one of the first batches of Opals in the metaverse, you know, this is on this, you know, NFT 2.0 hype cycle that comes in the next year or two. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Um, I'm getting a bit excited, but I think, I think that this uh, next to revolution, it's going to be like that. It's going to be digital. It's going to be uh, utility. It's going to be all these driving factors that are that are coming to light now that I think that's going to be the, the new thing. You mentioned you founded your own Web3 marketplace to be able to create a platform then to use, yep. you know, or to, to sell your physical product 
with NFTs, with enhancements that are developed on, on the Remark standard. Tell yeah. us a little bit the story behind, you know, on, on the one hand being a dirty fingernails miner, and then on the other hand being you know, a Web3 marketplace creator. What was the story behind DStore and, and how have you got there so far? Well, I think like um, it was just natural progression. Um, and then I, I got to this point where I realized that it's not just, um, you know, like I wanted certain aspects, uh, you know, that was specifically for, you know, real world products. And I realized that these aspects aren't, they're not going to be native on a, on a, on a typical uh, NFT marketplace. So it doesn't suit. And that's, I guess, where, where it came from. Um, and cause I already wanted to sell my opals, you know, in, because I like the idea of capturing the story, etc. Um, so yeah, we built, I just said stuff it and I, I hired a developer and we just started building and, um, and like we've been building it for over a year now. And then on that journey, I realized that everyone has a product, whether it's a, you know, whether it's an opal rock or, you know, whether it's, um, you know, a handcrafted table or whether it's a, a hoodie from your, your club or, or whatnot. Um, or maybe in the future, like, um, of, uh, products that, um, like consumables, you know what I mean? I think that there's a, there's a, there's a great possibility that we step into, you know, consumables wanting to have a digital twin and um, because that also gives, because there's so much utility that's still with it. Um, and then I started going, okay, well, it's time to open this up, you know, like let's, let's start thinking like greater, like, you know, a bit bigger and, you know, try and cover on a, a few more um, sort of uh, angles uh, and what, what people would look for. So on that journey, um, I realized that DAOs, you know, they want to expand their brand and, um, and they have problems. And then like, and then I was like, okay, so let's find some solutions for these DAOs. And, um, um, and then, yeah, that just led on this, this huge journey. Um, and now, um, yeah, we were elected by the, I put forward a proposal to Kusama and, um, yeah. And now the community said, gave us the approval to, um, distribute some merchandise on behalf. So we're, um, busy, 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 <laughs> um, nice. trying to make a, a stellar product so we can, uh, we can, we can launch that. Um, and this shout, will, shout to doing... Kusama, shout to D store yeah. network. If you want your Kusama merch, D store yeah. network is going to yeah, be the place yeah, to yeah, go. It. Um, it's, it's going to be really good. I can tell you, I'm really excited. Um, yeah, it's, it's taking a bit longer than we thought, but that's normal, I guess, you know, what? Because we're integrating drop shipping, so it'll be like there'll be a warehouse here in Australia. We've done a partnership, and 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 the, it'll just be like boom, you buy it, and it just dispatches. And then um, we've done it in a way that we can have multiple warehouses across the world, so we could have, you know, a warehouse in in America and the UK and or you know Europe or Asia, and then it can d dispatch locally, and it'll just it'll fetch that particular that product at a local level. So, uh, you know, there's been this whole journey of what that looks like, you know, because, uh, you know, it's maybe not always viable to, to post just from Australia. And, and, and so it's just like this been constant, this constant, crazy, cool journey. Um, and then like, yeah, like, I love it. I love it. I just love creating things, you know, and then and um, so, yeah, and it, it's 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 exciting and fun and it's just a big adventure. And that, that's what I'm that's what I'm all about. <laughs> I, I can tell for some reason. Again, those, those people listening in without the video, you know, can probably appreciate the tone of voice for those people who are watching the video can see that you've been beaming talking about what you get to do on a day to day basis as if yeah. it wasn't hard enough spending, you know, your winters underground 
chasing color <laughs> to then come back up and, and try to figure out the logistics of selling Kusama t-shirts to different jurisdictions around the world and different taxation. That wasn't, you know, it, it, that wasn't already enough on top to then build a metaverse marketplace on top of that. It feels yeah. like you're a little bit of a but, sucker for punishment, but underneath yeah, that, I, there's a clear story, which says, I think, yeah, we've, we figured out that there are problems here. You know, already we've identified that there's a legacy or an old world product that we can we can renovate we can make more interesting with the use of technology from a marketplace perspective you've identified that you know the existing open seas or looks rares of the world can't give you a content experience that is that allows you to elevate the product in a way that you would like it to be or that you believe customers will value so you had to go and create it yourself and in then doing so you found that other organizations or other product types have a similar challenge where actually the existing marketplace infrastructure isn't mature enough or isn't diverse enough. And so you found that actually you've got product fit in entirely different categories. And so you've gone from selling physical opals, you know, in the real world peer to peer versus selling it on the metaverse and also hoodies. Yep. <laughs> have I got that right? Well, it's just, it's just, it's just a, um, it's just another product. So it doesn't matter if it's an, it's an opal, uh, opal, they're very complicated products because they got of this, thing called a play of color which is so beautiful but you know how do you capture a play of color that's another story but um the yeah i think like um i think there's like this convergence you know and it, it is very complicated because there's so many angles that are coming in you sort of go whoa like it's a bit overwhelming but really it's it's just it's uh it's only complicated because it's new and 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 it's scary because it's complicated because it's new you know it's like this this sort of cycle and 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 I think if you're if you're okay with um, just playing around, like you know, um, and building things and and looking what it looks like, oh, okay, whoops, that happened, you know, you know, like it's it's um, that's the beauty of Kusama, I guess, and and that's the beauty of the of that network is that that's uh, acceptable that you can um, you can have a play and and see what that looks like and what the consensus were are and, and then rebuild. Well, it's a quality that not other, not many other networks have. I think none of them have. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm in the polka dot bubble, so you know, please like tell me if there's another test live test network somewhere else or something that that with real world value. Um, I'd be interested. But yeah, I think like um, I think that yeah, there's a, as I said, there's a convergence, and it, it sounds really complicated, but really it's just another product, whether it's a, whether it's a hoodie, I mean, um, you know, or if it's a, a custom shirt or if it's a you know what I mean? I think it's just a, it's just a product. Um, and for those who don't know, just so, so we kind of cover it here, for anyone listening in who isn't familiar with the Polkadot or the Dot Summit ecosystem, you've got Polkadot, which is obviously a, a live decentralized blockchain, layer zero on which you can build multiple parachains or app chains if, if you're not used to parachains as a terminology. And then Kusama is the canary network. So it's the, the forefront of development with Substrate as the underlying technology. And on Kusama specifically, you'll typically find the most innovative, most cutting edge um, innovations in and around Web3, um, decentralized governance, the, the use of app chains or parachains, and everything that happens in and around Polkadot typically is released first and tested first on Kusama. So it attracts typically the, the innovators or those who've got a slightly more um, you know, forward-looking, cutting-edge, tip-of-the-spear type of challenge, which, which is clearly what Josiah has been working on. Um, so for those who haven't checked out Kusama, please go do it. And it has its own token. It has its own live economy. This is not a test net. It is live. It has its own currency. It is, it is exactly like 
a you know a layer zero or layer one blockchain it works in exactly the same way just faster and I, i'm not saying move fast and break stuff but moves move fast innovate stuff turn out new cycles of upgrades to the protocol to the platform and everything else quickly i think i covered that about right <laughs> yeah there's a lot you know you gotta like Some, somebody working in dot sum i should i should really have that down pat by now um yeah are there any other challenges that you found around working with digital assets? So we talked you know, on the Opal side, obviously you've, you've got capturing, capturing the story and you've worked with Remark to be able to elevate the content types that you can use, which I think is fascinating. A lot of people just associate NFTs with JPEGs. And so that's kind of thing one. Um, you've talked about drop shipping and the logistics side of things and, and taxations in different regions around the world, which is a completely separate issue. Mm-hmm. Were there any other challenges around creating digital assets, whether it was Opals or hoodies that, that you didn't see coming or that were particularly crunchy as you were working them through? I guess the biggest one I had was when we 3D scanned Opal and um, it didn't look very nice. <laughs> so like um, from a capturing the, the shit, like we had to spray it with different products to take away the, the shine. Cause, uh, cause like with photo telemetry, what happens is you've got like a whole bunch of cut, uh, photos and it takes those photos from different angles and then it overlays all those photos and, but if the color keeps changing, then it just comes out this blur and it's like, oh, okay. Or like, you know, and this amazing plan and, and, and now I've got this blob, you know, and then, um, so that's really complicated. And then I, then it's just funny. We're on this story with, and, and this, with, with discovery channel. And then, uh, you know, one of uh, the, one of the directors, he's like, oh, you know, if there's a problem, just lean into it, lean into it. Like that's, that's the, that's the that's the drama that's perfect you know like we love capturing the the juicy details and and uh and I, and I was like whoa like that's from an engineering background you know they have a problem you're like oh no technically this is all wrong you know and then from this like create content creation problem it's like oh my god it's a problem yes you know and then uh <laughs> so this like flip of um this view or outlook it, it was really interesting and uh, so then I, I just realized like with the oval that's the crazy thing about it like you know it can't even technology can't can't capture it that's the cool thing about it so but um it led me down this rabbit hole of like okay now i'm trying to capture the the hardest thing to capture <laughs> like i've got the the best scanners in australia trying to capture this opal they're like just like this is you can't it's not it's not possible we can get the the, the geometry of it like to point zero zero two of a mil <laughs> but the color is a problem <laughs> and i'm like damn it you know um so, and that's, you know, like, that's just, anyway, that was, that, that, that's the, some of the problems that we had to do. It's a really nice one to illustrate though, because the, 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 the physical, the creation of the digital twin or the physical interaction between product and blockchain or product and back end of the system is, is like you said, is only as good as the scanning equipment that you're able to produce. If you're trying to convince somebody in California or Bali or Russia or wherever you are in the world, that what you have is beautiful. And they and they're in the metaverse and they can't see it physically. They can't see the light move on that particular product. They you know they've got to base it based on whatever you create as a digital representation. That's exactly. limited by the interface devices or the data capture devices that you create, and then obviously yeah. the front end, because you know if that's if that's in two dimensions, that's going to be less meaningful or impactful than if it's in three, um, yeah, and so on. So again, yeah. this, this, this videos. This, yeah, videos are good. Like videos capture it easily, but from a three D capturing perspective, it's complicated. Like video is good because video captures that play of color relative to the movement of the camera. But uh, to try and fix it into one like three dimensional product, that's 
that's different again. Um, I guess like, you know, when AI develops more, it'll be like easier. There'll be something that happens when you can probably capture the play and overlay the play on the scan and stuff like that. I think that's, that'll change. But, um, but yeah, it, it's definitely like a bit of a journey and, um, and, you know, but it's also up to the, the, the seller how they want to represent their product. So, and the story they want to tell, they could just be a GIF, it could be just be a JPEG. Um, and, but there's this amazing thing called you're in real life too, you know, and, uh, and, <laughs> and I've got this, this funny thing, I think in real life's the future because <laughs> so I'm like realizing that, um, like, you just can't beat it, you know. What I mean? You just can't beat the touch and the look and of of different products. And um, but I think that's the where like yeah, there'll be augmented reality, different things that pop up. I'm working with some augmented reality stuff now, which is exciting, which uh you know enhances the life experience. But um, in real life experience. But yeah, it's like it's just yeah, it's funny. There's like all these things coming together, convergence, bang you know, and it's just like, you know, finding what, what it all looks like. And the world needs innovators like you to be at the front of this, because as you've quite eloquently illustrated, it's not just about the blockchain or it's not that the metaverse is the platform. And then while you're in that platform in the front end, moving around and flying around with no legs, as Zuck would have us believe the problems <laughs> are solved. What you've actually described is you've got multiple technologies working together to enhance the human being's experience of a product or of a community, right? You talked about yeah, in, in real life is the future. That, I mean, that, that's, that's, it feels and sounds obvious, but what we're actually trying to do is enhance the human experience in real life of in, interaction with a product or a community yeah. or a person or you individually, right? People are gonna pick up on your energy to some extent from what they're seeing of you today or what they see of you on the Discovery Channel or whatever else it might be. But at the same time, Web3 and DAOs and communities allow groups to come together with a passion for something and fund yeah. the, the ability to get together or to be able to you know, like crowdfund or to use treasury on behalf of something, right? If there was an Opal DAO where you could find te te technically savvy people who would love to get access to you and your content or hear more about your process, they could fund flying you around the world and bringing products with you beca mm -hmm. because of the love. And you don't have to fund yeah. that as a business or that doesn't have to be a business expense for you. It's something that you can work together on curating community that then you can go and do monthly seminars yeah. around the world and bring product with you. That can be part of your trade shows. That can be part of um, the enhancement. If somebody buys one of your products, they actually get to, to, to hear your story or, you know, they can go back through the videos and you can say, Oh yeah, I remember that day. You know, I was, I was on, you know, I was underground and then we, we ran out of solar or, you know, that was yeah. the day that my jackhammer broke or whatever. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But that, that is a digital construct with financialization or with monetization that we can rewire. You don't necessarily need blockchain for all of it, but to some extent it may help. And, and if we want to call that the metaverse, if you want to call that Web3, I don't really mind. And that's not the point. It's that you've got a passion of elevating the human experience and engagement with you and your products that the guys who are already doing the, oh, we don't, you know, we don't use solar energy around here, folk. That was an awful accent. I don't know what I was doing there. I'm really sorry. Um, you know, those, those guys won't be providing that, but you're out yeah. here doing it, which I think is really inspiring. Yeah. And like you said, like, oh, we're still finding what the metaverse looks like. You know what I mean? Like there's this, you know, like Facebook put out this video and we all thought that's what 
the future was, but that's just one possibility of the future. And, and I think like, this is the, we'll, we'll weed out what the future looks like as we step forward into the future. And, um, you know, like there was a lot of hype back then, you know, like we've just gone through this crazy, like, you know, we're in winter now, really, you know, and maybe we're in winter for a long time. Maybe it's really short. Who knows? Like, um, but it's like blockchain's the most powerful it's been. Like, you know, Australia, we're doing this like CBDC. They're testing it now. It's the talk of, of everywhere, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pro CBDC, but uh, I think that it's coming no matter what. Uh, that's my view. It's to like the tech's great. You know, and obviously people can see that utility, but um, so I think like you know, where things are becoming a lot stronger now. Like you know, the gut like Australia's released all these grants, like big grants for for startups, and I think you know that's proof that things are coming and it's not going away. And even if finance collapses or heaven forbid, but even if all these bad things happen, doom and gloom, it's not going away. So I I hear you, and at the same yeah. time whether it's CBDCs, whatever your view is on them, or whether it's experiences like yours, or whether it's the metaverse, gradually, we're going to be increasing human beings familiarity with the concept of decentralization, of the concept yeah. of managing your own digital assets or having yes. digital assets, and being able to, to transfer to secure to engage with websites in the same way we've engaged with eBay and PayPal for the next little yeah. while the idea of self-custody or wallets is is going to be increasingly visible over time. And and with that, you know, you've actually got a choice. This is this is the interesting thing for, from from a CBDC perspective from from my side is that may be creating a whole bunch of internal efficiencies. But if you really don't like it, if you've then learned about tokens, about crypto, about wallet management and currency, you can opt out of CBDC to some extent and you can go and yep. manage and work with a decentralized currency. And you can yeah, well, you can be I, that I instead. Think- yeah, I think it's just, if there's, you know, there's two rails and two options. And then I, I think that's a good thing. That's good for everyone. Um, yeah, so as long as there's two rails and two options. <laughs> exactly. And and we already know that the red pill is already live. It has been live since 2009. So that that's something that already has momentum. It's just that society yeah. hasn't seen a strong enough jump. This is getting a bit deep and philosophical now. But we haven't seen enough of a um, a, a push or a, an event, a significant event to say, oh my God, we've all got to be, you know, off grid now, you know, as, yeah. as, as much as you value it and, and kind of you, you enjoy the self-sustained tiny house, fully sustainable living in the outback and maintaining your living while selling products in the metaverse version of, of, you know, being the best version of you. Others are like, well, you know what? My, my bank works. My credit card works. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm not feeling oppressed. I'm not struggling. Others in different parts of the world are saying, I'm struggling with inflation. I'm struggling with corruption. I'm unbanked. I'm finding it really difficult to reach an international audience, or I'm finding it difficult to pay to somebody halfway across the world with the existing infrastructure I have. I need something different. And so those journeys to different levels of intensity are being felt, not on a mass scale yet, maybe, but the more we explore, the more we find, the more problems we uncover much as we're seeking color, you're seeking color underground, maybe we as Web3 are seeking color above ground or IRL, this could be it. And and not trying to make too much of a poignant, deep pivot towards the Q&A. 
Um, yeah. But but I guess that's that's probably a nice way to tie it up. I do want to ask before we go to the Q and A, we've got a couple of minutes and a couple of questions coming in. Um, any other particular guidance that you would give to people looking to set up a business in the metaverse? Obviously, you know, dstore dot network is your particular proposition. You've learned a lot along the way. Is there anything else we didn't cover that you would kind of help point people towards to make their journey into metaverse selling a bit more smooth? Yeah, I think, um, well, I think get getting in contact with us for sure um, because I want to lead that charge by giving people the tools on the belt to, to be able to, uh, to sell things in Web3. That's, that's the whole, the whole heart behind eStall to take others on the journey that I had. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's just going to come down to do it. You just got to, um, you know, like, uh, you know, hopefully in the next few months we'll be onboarding, you know, small to medium businesses that want to, or uh, self-sovereign entities that want to sell products. Um, and I think you just, you just got to do it. And, you know, like uh, the best thing is if you've already got a product and you've already got a business, well, you're not really risking anything. You just, uh, you know, like we trade opals for, for opals. We trade opals for, for, for fuel, for excavators, for, you know, for helicopter flights, whatever people trade where I'm from. What An opal is just like a unit of measurement. It's a token. It's a whatever you want to call it. It's, it's trade. So if you've got a product, um, yeah, like it's, and it's, it's, it's easy if you've already got a product. If you haven't got a product and you're creating a product, then maybe it's a bit risky. Um, unless you've got this cool Dow you're in and you're just like these guys, I know they're going to love these cool hoodies, you know, uh, <laughs> nice. but you make this. a really interesting point there around the barter economy and the ability to, to do that, right? You're saying I've, I've got this particular rock and I'm going to trade that for you dropping me out into the outback or me being able, you know, you being able to shuttle me yeah. back a whole bunch of stuff. That's yeah. very physical, a person to person or text message based, but actually it's if very real. It happens now where I live. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and 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 going forward it might actually be that you're exchanging those opals that you have for other digital commodities digitized digital commodities or yep. other products or crypto or you know the because you have a digital asset and the ownership associated with it you can do more with that asset really? or it, it can be exchangeable for more things as you create digital marketplaces for it which um i think is super interesting we've got about two minutes left. So I'm going to jump. There's a, there's a, a couple of kind of questions that I did want to ask in the or kind of pick up from the Q&A. Um, the, first, the first was more actually of an observation rather than anything else. Um, a LinkedIn user who remains anonymous. We're, we're all for pseudonymous identities in this, in this part of the world. Um, this, this story makes jewelry more emotionally valuable, which I think is, is a nice way of summarizing uh, what we heard at the beginning of the show. So that's a nice way of summarizing it from whoever you are out there. Thank you. For the yeah, comment. I really like that. It's good. Um, another another anonymous user. Um, what is the name of the Dis the Discovery Channel episode that you're going to be on? How can people follow your story? We've, ah, we've yeah. alluded to it today. Um, How do people see the real deal? Yeah, so it's called Outback Opal Hunters. So it's um, it's it's on Discovery Plus. I can't can't tell you too much. It's, yeah, sort of. It'll be out like uh, early next year, February. Okay, so, February, so February next year. So it's not out just yet, but Discovery. Yeah, Discovery around Channel that Plus. time. Like, no, there's no locked in dates, but yeah, Outback Opal Hunters. It's uh, it's international. Um, you know, the teams out of, uh, well, not the team, but not the film crew, but the, the, the like the lead directors and whatnot are all based in the UK. Um, so it'll be all through Europe uh, and America. Um, 
I, I've actually met a lot. Of, I met a lot of people that say, "Hey, I watched that." So it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's out there. You'll find it. Discovery Plus. Yep. Nice. And for those people who aren't already following Josiah, please do so because then you'll be able to to get the exact date when it drops. So you'll uh, be yeah, able I'll to be follow. posting. Don't you worry, it's coming. Just <laughs> I'm not meant to say too much. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. We don't want to let uh, too many spoilers now, but it's content I, I am super excited to watch. I, I am looking forward to seeing the problem solving with the danger music and it all going wrong uh, and yeah, it's but... suddenly going right at the end um, <laughs> in, 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 in true Bachelor style or, or whatever show you tend to watch. I, I love yeah. that. Um, before we close, Josiah, how can people find you? How can people find the Store Network? Um, just give us the closing out of of the the, the links and the finds. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think the best way is us on Twitter at the moment because we're still fleshing out a lot of stuff with with our platform and it's not it's not available at the moment to the general public. Um, that's going to be changing soon though. Um, but yeah, best thing is Twitter. Twitter. So yeah, dstore.network. I'll um I'll do a post on LinkedIn, um, and then follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the best way I'd say. Um, um, but yeah, mainly, mainly D store. Cause I will be all our professional or our, all our content, like uh, partnerships and whatnot gets all, uh, done through there. And, 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 um, but yeah, like, so either three, just side cuts, um, yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter, or, uh, D store.network. Happy days. And Josiah to close the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for bringing your own special bit of color to LinkedIn and to the <laughs> Dotsama ecosystem. Yes. Have a brilliant evening. I know it's late your time. Thank you for staying up for us. Have a great You're rest welcome. of your evening and, and stay safe out there. Been a pleasure and I'll catch you around. And um, yeah, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast. As always, opinions in this episode are mine and those of my guests alone. If you want to find out more, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out some of the other episodes on the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast and check out the YouTube channel also called Blockchain Won't Save the World. Stay safe out there.